Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back to another edition of Red Sox Rap 360. Here I am alongside Bobby DeMuro. I'm Mike Conley. Bobby, how we doing, brother? You throwing a fist bump at him? A fist bump? I mean, it's a winning week for the Red Sox. <laughs> I think fist bumps all around. It was, almost, mean, it was almost a 5-1 and one week, right? It was almost a 5-2 week, you which were I predicted. 5-2, and two, you, were, you, were, you were two, three outs away from 5-2, and two, and so close, and then... It was an absolute circus out there today. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, the, what an odd game. An odd game. Yeah, Franklin Morales. So Franklin Morales, we both know him very well. Always comes back the to the Royals Rocks. do too. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every stop he makes, he does something goofy every week. Mm-hmm. Talk about unrealized potential. I don't want to be too critical of him because he's a good reliever for the Royals. But he was in the middle of the game today. He made a terrible error on that ball and the bunt or whatever, the swinging bunt that hit the, that hit the wet grass and he throws it away. I mean... I'm just like, every time Franklin Morales gets in a game, something goofy happens. Right? Give don't the we guy, both have that? Don't have that relationship with him. He wasn't the center of the ninth inning thing, but don't we both have that relationship with him? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I have mostly fond memories of Franklin Morales, basically because he was part of that 013 championship team, which I have very many fond memories of. Yeah, and my, fond memories which I have to go back to very often during this season, <laughs> which isn't producing many fond <laughs> memories. But uh, you know, while we stay on the um, topic of. Uh, you know, former Rockies not doing well. Um, <laughs> your boy Rutledge today, man. Oh God, unbelievable! Like nice ground up the middle. Going to be a double play to get my wickets right through what, him. Did, can we rewind and go back yeah. to a clip from about three, four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. What did I tell you? What I did I tell you? That he's garbage. No, but specifically, but what did I tell you? All stick, no glove. And and not even any stick. And absolutely no glove. Well, I mean, he did hit a home run this week for yeah, I know, his first one in a Red Sox uniform. That's wonderful. And, and this know? year with the Red Sox, he's now 9 for 34. And that's good. That's up. That's He's hitting 265. That's much better than he had been hitting. Boom. And he actually laid down a sack bunt today. Yeah, kind of. Like yeah. it should have just should have let it hit him, but sure. Yeah. That was a sack bunt. Yeah. Was that in the Morales? No, that was a couple innings before Morales, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um Yeah, that was a weird game. That was a weird game. But no, I think the, that was in the Morales inning. For for the Royals, you mm-hmm. know what though? A playoff team, I mean more than a playoff team, the best team in the AL right now. Um, you needed to salvage a game, and you finally salvaged a game, right? <laughs> if you're a Royals fan, you see this very, very differently than the Red Sox do. <laughs> well, I mean, they salvaged the split. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, the Sox, I mean, we'll give them yesterday's game, but today's game, I mean, should have had it. I mean, Janichi in the ninth, he's just, oh. These are the kind of games, though, when you're a team that is, what are the Sox right now? 50 what? And they were going for their 57th win so today, but they did not. 66, 68, 68 I believe, okay, yes. Okay, so you're, when you're 12, mm-hmm. 13, 14 under, mm-hmm. this is why. 
right? Yeah. You're mm-hmm. not losing a lot of games like one to nothing where it's two guys throwing complete games. You're losing games on stupid stuff, and you look back and say, oh, we should have won these eight games over 162 games. And if we won these eight games, we'd have been 81 and 81. And it's like, well, sure, that every team can say that. But the fact is you didn't, and you didn't because you don't have that next step. You don't have that next level. You're a bad team. You're not the worst, but Thank you're not you. a good team. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I just, mean, I'm, just for reiterating. I'm sorry for... No, it's cool. It, it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but, I mean, it was an absolute circus. They, and that play in the ninth, dude, I'll, you were probably watching Rockies game, so I'll, I'll recap <laughs> it for you. Basically, okay, Royals are down two, and Infante's leading off the inning. He hits a fly ball that looks like it might be a wall scraper. Jackie Bradley goes back on it. He's, like, spinning around. He's got no – it ends up not – Hitting the wall, bouncing mm-hmm. on the warning track, jacking up, bouncing off the top of the scoreboard. Meanwhile, Infante's circling the bases. They're down two, mind you, and he goes for it. He goes for the open around the uh, in the in the park home run. Jackie hoses him at the plate. So, so what you're saying was Jackie was just waiting to make a great throw. I think because so. what I see is this this defensive specialist you've talked up for weeks now. After I just crap all over him, making a really bad defensive play when they needed him the most in the ninth inning. And then, and then saving himself against all odds. He did save himself, but he shouldn't have been running Infante. No, but yeah, I mean, not. one blemish. I mean, he, the guy's on the web gems every night. I mean, he, I think I called him the best outfielder there's ever been, and I'm going to stick by that. <laughs> like I mean, better, do, better than Juan Lagares for the Mets right now. I think better. so. I think he's better than Juan Lagares. Juan Lagares is a close two, but you know he's not the best of all time. Oh my lord! I'm best all, all time. best defensive outfielder of all time, Jackie Bradley Jr. Now, if we could just hit him, get him to hit two seventy, you know, have Remember, a decent on base percentage next, can, next year. We can talk about that in a minute because I got, yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm excited, but no, no. I mean, I know it's one thing, but obviously this is this is the problem. This is those one thing traps that you fall into. Well, it's one thing. Sure, it's only one play. He makes a lot of good ones. But this is in the ninth inning when you're leading against a good team and you would love to win a game and win a series, Mm -hmm. and you don't do it. This is why you're 14 under. This, No question. I mean, 12 under, but... Um, maybe fourteen back, but uh, I don't look at the standings until it, we reach five hundred. Is it fifty six and sixty eight? Okay, yeah, fifty six and sixty eight. I believe yes, yes, fantastic. But um, you know, it's all a learning experience. Yeah. you know, this is just elongated preseason for next year, and we're seeing what happens. You, you this is all learning curves. You know, you you see what happens when. Uh, your defense behind you boots a game-ending double play, and you know you try and come back for that if you're a young pitcher like Eduardo Rodriguez. But the thing that I love about Rodriguez, he doesn't walk anybody. Mm-hmm. You know that is huge. So he's been up and down. Funny, funny stack coming into today's game, and you know these splits. It's such a small sample size; it really doesn't mean anything. But coming into the game, okay. In night games, he had a 1.67 ERA. In day games, 10.67. Is that ludicrous or what? Well, you know, that's... Here's the thing. And I'm trying to think about where, because the Red Sox play in Pawtucket and AAA. And Rodriguez came up with the Orioles, and they would have played in, what, Norfolk and AAA? Wherever they're at, they're in the International League. Mm -hmm. In the Pacific Coast League, in all these hot weather cities in Vegas and Albuquerque and and all these these hot weather cities in the summers... Those guys don't play day games. 
can't play a game at 1 p.m. in Vegas. Right. They rarely do it. They're playing all kinds of night games there. So those guys get accustomed to playing only at night. Rodriguez shouldn't be the same way. Yeah. Not in the International League. Right. There's not that much of a split. So that's a weird thing. It could just be this is another thing, and this is why you take this next five, six weeks. It's an extended spring training almost. Yeah. You get these guys accustomed to a big league schedule. And so Rodriguez shows up two hours before a 7.05 game. That's cool. Two hours before a 12.35 game. <laughs> yeah. He's not used to waking up at nine to get to the ballpark at ten thirty or whatever the, whatever his schedule is. Mm. Um, but that's the things you learn now, and then he'll find, I believe, that the day games he's going to be pitching in the rest of his career every fifth day occasionally. Uh, you want to pitch in those as a pitcher because the hitters don't show up. Right. Pitchers love throwing in day games. Look at how many getaway day games in two to one, one to nothing because bats don't show up on that third day. That bat is eye is yeah. nice and shiny. Um, I can remember a day when I was going to ball games as a wee lad that they didn't even have the black bat as I and Fenway blacked out. You know, yeah. they had people out there. You know, it's just drunk it, people. <laughs> at that point, it's just it's almost dangerous, though. You know, you want these guys to see the ball just for safety reasons. Look at how close guys get to getting hit all the time in the head and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time till somebody gets injured significantly. People getting concussions and stuff, anyways. And I know it's oh. rare, but you at least want them to see the ball. Yeah. And there's been talk lately with who was the pitcher that just got hit in, uh, on a comeback? Um, oh, it was the, the Yankees pitcher, right? Was it him? Because there's been a few. I, I just, John Neese got hit the other day. Okay. Um, but it was the Yankees pitcher who got hit in the head, and I can't remember his name. It happened like three or four days ago. Oh. Um, now there's talk of you know them wearing helmets on the mound. <laughs> well, I like you know I like those those hats that have the padding. They're yeah. making it smaller and smaller. Not the big one that Alex Torres, Alex the reliever Torres, for yeah. the I think still the Mets is wearing. Yeah. Um, but they're making them smaller and smaller, like Kevlar or whatever. Mm. The issue is it doesn't protect some of the most sensitive zones, which is like behind your ear. Right. Uh, but what are you going to do? You can't put an L screen out there. Yeah, you know, exactly. The, I mean, <laughs> Please don't put an L screen out there. That <laughs> would be is, horrible. Uh, what is what is the alternative? You know, know, what would you do? I wish I could say this hat had padding in it, but this is just my huge Irish head <laughs> that's filling this. Um, yeah, you know I mean, they need? they need more pitchers with with uh, Noah Syndergaard long kind of hair. Because mm. the longer, you know, the J- Jacob Degrom, all those guys with the really long hair. Mm-hmm. Because if the hair can stop the ball, mm. <laughs> okay, it might not. be onto something. I, you know, <laughs> you'd think there was something equitable, like the longer the hair, the, the faster you can pitch. But I, I can't, I can't crack forty-two miles an hour. The better the flow, the more zeros. You know, you would think, you would think, <laughs> work for the Eck. Oh, that's why I have long hair, by the way. Is it because Dennis, of Eckersley. Dennis Eckersley? He's the first guy, so I remember seeing him in a Red Sox game, and I'm like, wow, that guy's cool because he had long hair. I'm not sure if that's horrifying or kind of cool. Well, you know, I mean, the guy's the, guy's the man. X the man. But, uh, you know, I, it, I was like a wiffle kid for my entire life. So then, you know, once I became an adult and my parents didn't cut my hair, I grew it up. <laughs> it's for you, Eck. I love the guy. Um but, all right, let's get to the big news of the week. Yes. And that is there's a new sheriff in town, Mr. Dave Dombrowski. And you like this move? 100% on board, 100%. Okay. I think of the people who were available, let me put it this way, of the people we knew publicly who were available, because there's always stuff going on behind the scenes, the Red Sox traded for a goddamn manager earlier, you know, <laughs> that's how they got John Farrell. So you mm-hmm. never know how stuff happens. But of the publicly available people... I think he's by far the best, unless I am embarrassing myself by forgetting somebody huge. But the people who are on the market right now, why would you not go get 
Dombrowski. Yeah. The track record he's got, the people he's developed. I was thinking about this. It's not just Detroit where he put together a good team, but that's important. And he knows the AL, which is important. Mm -hmm. He also helped draft a very good team in Miami, in Florida, with the Mm -hmm. Marlins in the 90s, early, early 2000s. Look at that 2003 Marlins club that won the World Series. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing team. He wasn't there in 03. He left in 01, I believe. Um, But he he put a lot of those guys in there, Miguel Cabrera included. Did he compile the 97 team that won it? He was there, I believe he was there from 94 to 01. Okay. So, yes. So he's got a World or, or Series Or had enough of belt. a hand in it. So, I, I I think with this guy, he was with the Expos in the late, late 80s, and the Expos had a great farm system for years and years and could never mm-hmm. sign guys long term, mm-hmm. and Pedro Martinez, Larry Walker, all these dudes left. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like it. I also like that he knows the AL. He's been in the AL for, what, 15 years now. Knows You can, can't find a guy who knows the AL any better. Yeah. Um, and I really, really like that they did it now instead of, you know, October 1st. Because this six weeks, he's going to do nothing in this six weeks, but he's actually going to do everything because he gets to learn the team. The Jackie Bradley Juniors, the uh, uh, Travis Shaws, all those guys, he gets to to see and say, hey, I'm going to see you for six weeks. Do I want you part of the team next year? Do I want to give you a shot? Do I trade you in the winter? What exactly do we have? To go back to the Rockies, they got a new GM last year, <laughs> but they picked him up in November. This matters here. They picked him up in November. When you do this in November, he was an insider from the team, but by the time he took the reins over in November, there's only so much you can do trying to get up to speed as GM, which is a very different position than anything else in the front office. The Red Sox do this early, so come winter meetings time in November, December, Dave Dombrowski's been in for three, four months, and he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I feel comfortable. I have a lead for my owners. I know what's expected of me. Let's make moves. Well, hopefully it works a little better than the Rockies because I believe they're in last place. <laughs> but, that's, but that's my point. One of the is only when, teams. You, when you bring in a GM and you try to have your GM go and say, November, go, make moves, do it. Rockies didn't make a ton of moves this winter. A, they're kind of limited payroll-wise. Mm-hmm. B, it's because the GM was too damn new. Yeah. You know, you, you, you promote a guy, but he's so new, you don't know what you're doing. With Dombrowski, you give him six weeks just to evaluate, and then this winter he says, okay, I have my feet under me. Let's go. You put you mentioned a couple guys that are putting together a, a heck of an audition tape. For yes, Mr. Nebrowski right now, Mr. Sean Travis Shaw and JBJ. I mean, they are just raking it right now. Um, he had another another couple hits today for. Uh, oh, Shaw had one hit, and uh, Bradley had a couple more. Three three hit day today for Jackie Bradley. Kid's sick. Kid is sick. But the thing with Dombrowski is he's kind of like a. Uh, eye test guy. He's not more of the analytics. I, you so, know, I watched him. Did you see the interview he did with Remy and Orsillo? Yes. What was it? Tuesday's game or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was one mm-hmm. of the games. Wednesday. Night. Um, and I watched him sit there for two innings where he gave a great interview. And he kind of said that and he was talking about the eye test, which, yeah, I'm a little leery of. I want facts. But, there's a couple things to remember here. First off, he acknowledged it. He was like, we try to get as much information as we can. If we do the numbers and we get the information, we'll absolutely use it. So, okay, prove it to me, but okay. But the second and more important one is every one of these teams now is coming up with proprietary measurement systems. Every one of these teams has a system for measuring players beyond the stuff that we have, beyond batting average and on-base percentage, beyond wins above replacement and, and FIP and all that sort of stuff. They've got their own measuring systems, and they've got their own tracking systems, tracking pitches, tracking balls put in play, whatever. So 
it could be possible that all these guys want to stay close to the vest and not give away what they know and how they know it. Right. You know, well, we're going to measure JBJ by our proprietary system, which looks, you know, you're not going to say that. Yeah. So, and and a team with the Red Sox who's had so much success lately, and considering their history wanting Billy Bean so badly when he did Moneyball in Oakland, Mm -hmm. great movie, just watched it, by the way. Right. Um, Again, watched it again. Oh, I was going to say. But when, uh, when they wanted the guy like Billy Bean so badly, you know, years ago, after he did Moneyball so well, that history tells me the Red Sox have been developing their own system anyways. Mm-hmm. They've been working with Bill James anyways they have in the past. This is true. So I think they've got something, like every team does, and they don't want to say, well, we're going to evaluate it with this system. Well, no. You can say eye test because eye test means something different to everybody. Yeah. You know? Baseball body, well, I like the way he runs, you know, whatever it is. You can talk about that all day. It doesn't matter. They've got their system. Right. Maybe Dave Dombrowski will come on our show and talk about it then because <laughs> I doubt it. it won't get out of the bag to many people. <laughs> First, I was like, where are you going with that? Oh, got it. There it is. But, yeah, I mean, so obviously Charrington steps down too much of a kind of slap in the face for him. And he's going to go somewhere and get a job and, you know, I'll wish him well. Uh, He'll finally get out from under uh, this ownership and maybe somebody will let him kind of do his own thing, kind of like Theo's doing in Chicago. But one thing... uh, where Dombrowski was probably looking around at the opportunities in the league and just licking his chops. He's like, I can go to this team that's in last place and has this farm system, boom. Yeah. And he's traded Jack, dude. He's going to be like, psh, psh, psh. see, look at, look at the farm system now because at this time next season, it's going to be severely depleted. Uh, look at look at you know they're not as in bad shape as the Tigers were in when he came on in '01 and then I believe '03 was the Tigers' awful year. Mm-hmm. Was not '03 the year they lost 119? I want to say it was somewhere around there. I believe okay. it was '03, um, which coincidentally was the Marlins' second World Series. Uh, but it's it's not obviously in bad shape of that. But look at how he flipped them around. So if that's maybe something to do next week on the show, now that you mention it, is take a quick look at the Tigers in 2003, 2004, 2005. What do they do from being bad to being good? How do they acquire guys like Cabrera, Victor Martinez? What do they look for? How much money were they paying relative to today because contracts are bigger? But that might be a blueprint for what Dave Dombrowski is going to do. Yeah. Well, it seems like once he got Cabrera, you know, people just wanted to go there after that. You know, And David Price for a while, you Mm -hmm. know, all those guys, yeah. Maybe he'll be able to reacquire David Price for the, uh, yeah. It's not a bad idea. For the second time. Would you reacquire Cabrera and let David Ortiz give him his walking papers? Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> just, you, you have to mention that every single time. I mean, this guy is ageless. Just He's raking kidding. right now. You know? <laughs> if, if everybody else didn't take off the first two months of the season, that was only Poppy. You know, we might be in better better shape now, but he's he's raking, man. There's no doubt about that. You know? how, how much do you regret, though? Speaking of that whole first base DH situation, mm-hmm. seeing him now, how much do you regret not bringing Travis Shaw up earlier and getting rid of Napoli two months ago? I know his value was nothing two months ago, but the Red Sox didn't get anything for him now. So you were if two months ago you traded him for the same thing, nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of tough to predict what Travis Shaw's doing. I mean, yeah. he's hitting better up here than he was in Pawtucket, you know. But that's, but that's, I mean, let a younger guy try. Yeah, Mike Napoli's not going to find a new stroke, and so you know he can get hot, but he's not going to suddenly turn around his approach at the plate. Yeah. There's a vet, you know what you're getting with a veteran like this. I think he cut ties 
I mean, we're talking about spilled milk here. Yeah. But he went deep today, by the way. Well, he went deep. The the Rangers are in the hunt, man. They are. <laughs> the they are, are a scary team. They're they're not as scary as the Astros, which we'll yeah. talk about on the Ooh. Dodgers show in about an hour Ooh. and a half. Yeah, but will. the Rangers are in the hunt. Absolutely, they are. Yeah. And you know, and and John Daniels, you know, he was like smiling at the deadline where everybody's talking about, oh, he's getting Cole Hamels for next year and all this stuff. You know, he's just like. Keep talking about that. <laughs> Keep talking about that. Keep the eyes off us because guess what? Cole Hamels is still going to be on the team this year, you know, and he's dealing. And, and they get Holland back now. He's, he's, yeah, they do get Holland back and he's getting, Daniels is getting the benefit of a struggling Oakland team that wasn't supposed to be this bad and had some injuries themselves. Sean Doolittle's been out forever. They've had some guys injured. Um, and then a really bad Seattle team. What the hell happened there? Yeah. They were supposed to be good. I thought they might have been a legit playoff team and beyond, and nothing. Yeah. Um, and then they're getting they're getting the Astros, who are good, but they haven't turned a corner all the way yet. I think the Astros will be a lot better next year too. Mm-hmm. And they're also getting the Angels, who are decent but have a lot of problems. So that division for the Rangers. Everything's working out for him so yeah. far. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Mike Napoli's going to go to the playoffs, get a World Series ring. Well, you know, <laughs> probably not. If it ain't going to be the Sox, I'll, I'll pull for the Rangers. No problem. <laughs> and uh, but getting back on Dabrowski, so now we need a GM. Yeah. So I've been hearing some name like Frank Wren thrown about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some other guys that are you go not with Jerry really Depoto. Analysts. You just stick him around. I mean, Depoto's kind of a. A numbers guy, saving yeah. magic. So maybe it's a good little balancing act. Is Depoto you know? going to stay around? I haven't seen anything. Is he staying around to advise while Dombrowski is here? You know, I've been looking for information on that, and I haven't been able to find anything. Because he would have been advising for about four days. Right, right. <laughs> would have been just like, hey, thanks. Great gig. Thanks for the recommendation. What do you think he bills for four days of work? <laughs> like ten grand. More than we make on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've heard Depoto linked to the Brewers for one. Okay. So teams are going to look for him. I think he's going to get a GM job this winter anyway. But will. in the meantime, or do the Red Sox offer theirs? I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. My guess is Dombrowski will kind of bring in one of his guys. Yeah. But we shall see. But that'll be I, – I, I really think – not that he's going to blow it up, but I think you'll see him go out and acquire two status. You yeah. know? Um, I think they'll they'll go hot after a young guy that's controllable like a uh, Sonny Gray or or Tyson Ross, you know, and that I mean those are going to come as a pretty penny, you know. You're going to lose like Devers, you know, Owens, uh, Jackie Bradley probably in that deal. Um, so tough tough price to maybe Emmanuel Manuel Margot. You give up a guy like uh, Vasquez, the catcher, even though he's injured right now. Mm. You know, I like Vasquez. I mean, I, I think you know what I've seen of Swihart. I like him too. I mean, he certainly doesn't look overmatched at the plate. You know, and he's 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 mostly a singles hitter right now. But the last thing to come is the power all the time. But as far as you know, we talk about this all the time. I tend to lean towards the guy who's a better receiver, you know, and at the catcher I, position. But listen, I would take for, and that's what you have to do. You have to think defense first for a catcher. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of these teams that have. Very strong offensive catchers or catchers that have shown strong offensive tendencies. You do yourself a disservice by by promoting that a lot of times. Let's talk the Rockies because this matters. Willene Rosario was the catcher for them. Huge power. Great offense. 
could not catch worth a damn. Mm-hmm. For a couple of years, the Rockies said, you know what, we're going to give him the everyday job because he's got so much power, he's such a good hitter. They quickly found out he was so bad defensively, can't work it. Right. You know, cannot use him, had to get rid of him, he lost his job, now they can't trade him because nobody wants a, or the DH only, essentially. Yeah. Now he can't so, hit. And now, yeah, now he's in AAA. <laughs> um, but if you, I think if you're the Red Sox and you say, who's the best receiver, who's the best defender, if it's Blake Swihart, if he hits singles, if he can hit Let's be honest, the catcher in the American League, if he hits 240, mm-hmm. be real happy with that. Let the rest of the lineup take care of that if he can call games and work with pitchers. That's the primary thing. If he throws out runners and works with pitchers, I'm good with the guy hitting 240. Are you talking about Vasquez? Either yeah. one. Okay. Whichever one is your better receiver, better defender, make that. Make oh, it that's on Vasquez. That. Yeah. yeah. But Swihat is like, that kid has the potential to hit 300 in this Then league. I think you take that guy, unless he's by far the better defender, and say, let's dangle him. Because of the offense, and say, "Hey, you want an offensive catcher? Take him off our hands." I actually think he could go. He yeah. could go, and uh, it's sad. But what are you going to do? Well, you can't have two. I you don't know, want. I, you know, you can't I have two young guys backing each other. What are you going to do? I, I you, get rid you, of one. You, you have Vasquez catch three of the pitches, and Swihart catch two of the pitches. You know, that's it. <laughs> Keep him healthy when one goes down. Well, you know, or, embarrassment of riches, or yeah. you deal him. Which you is deal what's one happen. for some pitchers. I, I guess I'm a little weary just because you know he is coming off of Tommy John, and we yeah. have seen you know pitches come back from that recently, and uh, even Johnny Smoltz making the haul. But you know, a catcher, I don't know. I just don't know. But okay, so Dave Dombrowski's on the fold. He's going to blow things up at the end of the year. We uh, we're in agreement on that, right? I think, I think so. so. Yeah, I'd but, love to see it happen. Which starters then? If you go get a Tyson Ross, or you go get a Sonny Gray, or mm-hmm. or maybe you go get a veteran. You know, if James Shields were available, if somebody like that were available, people dangle those guys. But whoever you go get, who do you bump from the rotation? Have we seen the last of Wade Miley? Have we seen the last of Stephen Wright? I know your answer is no. You love oof, Stephen Wright. I love Stephen Wright. <laughs> um, you, you got to have depth, and really in this day and age, because starters go down all the time. Yeah. You have to come in to a season with like eight starters, yeah, that are major league ready. You know, but I think that um, I, I love Stephen Wright. I think Wade Miley's going to stay in there. Uh, you know, I mean. I kind of like Wade Miley. I mean, <laughs> the guy's kind of getting back to himself, what you know, a where he's giving up some make. ground balls, you know. I mean, I don't, I've always been kind of like on the Miley train. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's serviceable. For, for what you pay the guy, he's earning that paycheck, you know. Rick Porcello. not so much. But, you, but you're going to have a big trouble getting rid of him. I know. And we got to see if he's healthy. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, he gave up a bomb in Pawtucket the other day. Here's the other thing. I mean, is Buck Holtz going to go down for a year now? That That's what I'm... Uh, you know, they just won't put him in the surgery. It's crazy. But, I, I mean, he's going to start a throwing program here soon. It's, so, that's the dumbest thing? Yeah. I mean, they obviously know something we don't, but knowing what we know, that's the dumbest which is, thing. Which is little. Which is very little. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I think that Miley's going to be there. I think that unfortunately Porcello's going to get another shot. Um, Buckles, I'm just going to—I'm trying not to think about him. I think he's just going to be injured. But <laughs> they're going to pick up his option anyway because it's like 12 million or 13 million, and for the market of uh, what pitches get out there, starters, it's like kind yeah. of a bargain, even if he's just. Rehabbing. What do you? Which is uh, sad. What do you think about going picking up? Probably a free agent this winter, like a Justin Masterson. Oh or... boy! <laughs> You've seen the last of Justin. And Finally, Buster. that chapter is um, over. 
Matt Schatta is. But old. you're going to have to go get like some mid-level free agent probably because you want to create that depth, right? I mean, if you've got because I'm trying to think, let's work the starting rotation backwards. So Porcello, do we assume he's going to be healthy next year? I think so. So we say Porcello's in. Let's say Buckholz is out. I'm mm-hmm. pessimistic on Buckholz. We say out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Eddie Rodriguez is in. I think Henry Owens is probably in. I think they'd probably like to try to get him in. I think Owens could go in a deal. I think Owens really? and Brian Johnson are going to be chips and deals. Or they're hanging on to of the the three prize lefties they got going on here. Eduardo's the one they're going to hang on to, and those other two guys can be had. Well, remember, so. Eduardo's the guy who the other two are Red Sox farm products. True, Eduardo's the guy they traded for. So True. unless you get a deal you absolutely cannot turn down, you're not going to get rid of a guy you traded for a year ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, I, you know, I. Are they going to go after one of the the big name free agents, basically Price or Cueto? I don't see why you wouldn't yeah. in a city like Boston, mm-hmm. or at least make a call. What right. do you want? What are your numbers? Here's our offer. What do you think? How far apart are we? Right. Um, <clears throat> and then here's the thing, because we've seen this a little bit in the past, and, and James Shields is a good example. Guys price themselves out of the market. And the market doesn't come around like it thought, like the guys thought that they would. Shields remained unsigned until, you know, July 1st. That's an right. exaggeration. Shields right. remained unsigned until, what, February 10th? Yeah. And and finally the Padres were like, yeah, we'll take you. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, we'll take this great pitcher. But a guy who started 30-plus games for eight, nine years in a row with great numbers, and teams are like, well, we don't like the price. Yeah. We, we find cheaper stuff. We can find different stuff. So I think you have to call on guys like that because the market's not as hot as people think. Yeah. For Price and Cueto specifically, is it going to be hot for sure? But there's a lot of guys like that that we'll look at in this winter and say, damn, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, we'll take that guy. I'd be interested. I haven't looked at who the other guys that are going to be free agents is in Giovanni like the Gallardo, next tier down. You know? Is Giovanni Gallardo a free agent? He is going to be a free this agent. This winter? Yes. Is Kyle Loesch? He had a terrible year. Oof. But is Kyle Loesch? Is Matt Garza? Wow. I'm thinking Somebody's guys, been reading up, reading up on his brew crew. Well, I'm thinking about the guys the Brewers are trying to drum, dump at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Leak, is that a free agent at the end of the year? Is he with the Giants for another year? I think he might be a free agent. Uh, Zach Grinke is going to opt out. Yes. So there'll be three huge pitches on um, the And it Lager. could just be a procedural opt-out, and the Dodgers will give him a huge deal anyways. But, hey, there's a chance. He's going to opt out. Now, I do think that's exactly what will yeah. happen. The Dodgers will bring him back. I think the Dodgers would be ridiculous not to. Yeah. And I think Granky would kind of be ridiculous. He's had great success in L.A. It's a good exactly. team. Why would you not? Yeah. But there's good a chance. <laughs> There is. You're there's saying a, there's chance. a chance. You know? Money Weird kills all happens. else. I mean, a, a Nats could come up. Until the last second, like uh, Scherzer last year, and just give him a boatload of cash. And then look at guys who are on the trading block, maybe like, a uh, what's his name, Jordan Zimmerman, Steven Strasburg, guys that the Nats have talked about trading. They won't trade both, but one. I know Zimmerman was something, uh, really a guy the old regime really liked. Yeah. I know Charrington really liked him, and I thought they would make a run at him, but now it's a Dombrowski-led ship. I do not know. I wanted to give a quick shout-out, though, to... Uh, I forget his name. He's commenting <laughs> on uh, YouTube, the MW Geek ninety nine. Okay, you know he, he's he's a, he's a faithful viewer. You know <laughs> he's been he's been in there. He's he, the he, one. He was at, he's the one. He was asking the other day if uh, what what's going to happen with Yohan Mankata and if we're going to ever see him up here. And I don't think he'll be up here September first. Really? No, I mean he's oh, like the, nineteen. Yeah. You know, so maybe this time next year, MW Geek ninety nine. We'll see Yohan Mankata coming up on September 1st next season. But he's doing good in Greenville. He's got a little... Yeah, and Greenville's full season low A. Mm -hmm. So he's 
three levels away. Yeah. The only thing is, and I Take agree with you, slow. I don't think he comes up now, but the thing you have to remember with these guys, with the Cuban guys, is different than a free agent from the Dominican Republic or a draft out of college. You're giving them a lot of money. And you're giving them a lot of money immediately. Right. You know, so the, the timetable has to be a little bit different, I think. Yeah, I mean, where this kid's young, I think, and, you know, the Red Sox just print money. I don't think that's much of a factor. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, with some of these Cuban guys, you want to get them in there right away because they're like 40 when Does they come he, over. Like, you know, like Castillo was 27. You or know? Hector Oliveira. He's 30, yeah. right? Oliveira. Did, um, okay, here's the thing. The Dodgers, Alex Guerrero, had that clause in his contract where after he signed, if he didn't make the big leagues his second year, at the start of the year, if he didn't make the opening day roster out of spring training, he was an unrestricted free agent. Um, oh. Does Moncada have any clause like that I that you know of? I do not know that. I do not know and that. Is that was, Alex Guerrero Cuban? Yes. Oh. And that was an aggressive also clause. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there are things like that because these guys have a different bargaining chip than the Dominicans and the Venezuelans do, than the college draft kids do. Yeah. So there's always something to think about with those guys. I think September 1st, next week, Whatever, eight days from now, what day is it? Yeah. Seven days from now? Yeah. Um, that's probably fast. But next yeah. September, I think you got to be like, okay. Yeah. You know, you start him off in probably, what, high A next year. If he does well, you move him to double A. Mm-hmm. A lot of Cuban guys jump up straight from double A. Yassiel Puig did it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Was that good for Yassiel? Well, for, for that year it was. Yeah. In 2013, <laughs> it was incredible. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he made he made the damn team happen in 2013. You get that from from Moncada next year, and now you're going to be in business. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, so let's just look back uh, the week. This week it was a winning week, like we said, four and three. They took two out of three from the tribe early in the week with old friend Tito back in town. <sighs> Cleveland man. They they're a team that I really thought was going to be good. Yeah, you know, I mean they have that good young stunt pitch and another guy. Uh, that the Sox could go after that's a controllable young pitcher, Carlos Carrasco. I don't know if Cleveland would give him up. They were dangling him out there at the deadline this year. I mean, maybe it's just to see what was offered, but... Yeah, I mean, I think they would be insane to do that because, I mean, when you're in that market, you got to hang on to those guys yeah. if you're going to compete. But, hey, if he's going to be on and you're going to be in, you know, fifth place in the Central like they are this year, I think, or fourth The Central's place. weird, though. Everybody in the Central's kind of collapsed. The Twins, man, we were talking the Twins up like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Collapsed. Still in the wild card, but they're like, what, 62 and 62 right now? Yeah. They, which, I mean, you know, if you're 500 come September 1st, you you're got in a the shot. mix with the second wild card. Talk to the Padres. Padres are a few under 500. They believe they have a shot. It's crazy, They're like man. seven out. It is crazy. They have no shot. They think they do. Oh, boy. I'm watching the Padres the other day, and Dick Enberg is literally saying to me on television, you know, we got a tough schedule coming up here. The Padres have, like, the Pirates, Cardinals, Cubs, Dodgers, and Giants coming up. And he goes, we got a tough schedule coming up, but, you know, if we can be XYZ by September 10th, we got a shot. And I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm like, I I suppose. I love Dick Enberg's optimism. (laughs) I guess you do. That's where I get it from. God uh, love let, you, Dick. Let me ask you that while we're talking about it, because we mentioned Dick. Mm-hmm. Best local broadcast team in Major League Baseball. Don't <sighs> don't say Jerry and, and Don. That's biased. Hands down. Are you kidding me? So let's rephrase the question and ask me who the second best is. Okay. Who's... Okay. I mean... Aside from your unobjective opinion these guys are incredible. I mean, let me just... They're good. Uh, no, they are good. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not good, but... 
I mean, branch out a little. Who would you rather listen to? Like, especially a season like this where the team's not worth tuning in for. One of them, these guys are hilarious. One of them I would rather you know? listen to is actually Dick Enberg. Have you listened? Do you listen to Padres guys? He's a got a great voice. Him and Mark Grant and and um, Mark Sweeney does some stuff for them, and so does uh, Hensley Clay Hensley, the former reliever. The Padres are pretty damn good. Really, the Padres broadcast is real. Real good, Vin oh, Scully in I don't LA. Have to give a listen. How do you? Of hate course, that? Vin. Of uh, course. My personal favorite should be yours too, Hawk Harrelson. Oh, he's in the White awful. Sox. But wait a second. He's he, like nails on a chalkboard. He's board. your guy. He's the whole no sabermetrics, will to win, like you know, put some dirt on it kind of guy. I just Hawk that Harrelson. voice is just piercing. You can put it on the you board. Can put it on the board. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. You know what I love, I love is like when I tune in like to a Sox game and it's like halfway through and you know. Maybe it's just out of hand already, which could have happened this year many times. <laughs> and like sometimes I'll, I'll tune in, and, and like, this has happened more than once, and I'll be like, "Oh, what? What are we getting the clean feed? I don't. There, there's nobody talking, you know, and all this stuff." And then you'll hear like panting, and they're laughing. They they just are laughing uncontrollably, and I just love that. I mean, they, they just they're just so awesome. They have leaps and bounds better than anybody. I'm trying else. to think what the moment was today actually that I did really like. Um, Something happened, and Ned Yost came out for the Royals and was arguing. Right. And Jerry Remy goes, "Well, he sees it this way, but facts see it the other way, or something." Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> Don Arcello starts laughing. <laughs> it was that play where P- Panda was running the first, and uh, you know he duffed it. Your boy, that's Morales right. It's a Morales. It. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It's yeah, a Morales yeah. play. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah, they're good. They're real good. They were talking about what clothing the other day. Jerry's collars kept popping up, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to say, Jerry, you might need to get a size bigger shirt. <laughs> Did you see that uh, that shot from, like, uh, 08 where Jerry had, like, uh, dyed hair and dyed mustache? I forget what telecast and I was, like, Fridays or something. It was awesome. Oh, my God. Okay. He's like, they were, they were calling him Jimmy Remy. <laughs> oh, that's when Jimmy Remy was in the booth. It was hilarious. No, but, they're good. And I do like the accent. I appreciate the Jerry Remy accent. You know? Yeah. I mean, it... it it roots at home, you know. He's a, he's a fall river boy. Like, I just like I like Hawk. I like Dick Enberg because the Padres guys are good. Vin Scully's a classic, but I like Hawk because he's so biased. He's more biased than the Sox guys. The Sox guys keep it tied up and professional. Hawk is so biased, so like working class South Side of Chicago. Like I can just imagine guys on the South Side of Chicago listening to White Sox games, coming home from the job site, yeah. like doing all the things that, that I'm not manly enough to do. Right. Like they, they've earned the right to listen to Hawk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, Does that make man. any sense? Let them have it, you know? <laughs> That's fine. Keep it there. You know, I'll, I'll earn some other stuff. They can have the Hawk Harrelson. But um, I, speaking of uh, young pitches and how this is just, well, we weren't, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my awesome segue, uh, but B- Bonds this week, Matt Bonds, okay, he's he showed me something. He picked up a couple losses, but mm-hmm. you know he 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 showed me something in that that Indians game. You know he, stayed, he was no hitting him for three and a third. Then just, just, kind of the wheels came off in the fifth. Just but. to clarify, his name is Matt Barnes. Yeah, M- Matt Barnes. Yes, Not yes, Bonds. Yes. You know. Because no. it sounds like you're saying Barry Bonds, right? Right. Okay. Well, all right. for for a second and a half, I was I was about to look through my notes and be like, did Matt Bonds come up? But anyways, <laughs> uh, no. Look, I I you know at two, Bobby at two. Okay, okay. like I guess, but I, I'm looking at a lot of hits, a lot of walks, two homers, and two starts. It's true. I, I'm lot. just saying it, within 
the poor performances. Sure. I saw some stuff. You know, when he gave up like too early on uh, his last start Friday, I think he then he settled down and kind of like you know, and uh, what's his name left him in there probably about it too much, and he gives up that that rocket shot. But you know, I mean, that's and that's the kind of stuff that Eddie Rodriguez has been learning too. When you give up runs early, how do you react to that? Yeah. Barnes is the kind of guy to start in AAA next year, mm-hmm. and he's one of those depth pieces where he's probably not quite major league ready right. but if catastrophe strikes and two or three guys go down mm-hmm. you gotta go yeah you know it's your time and if he comes up and produces in the major leagues i mean yeah rihanna's gotta show him some love you know it's wrong matt barnes oh but i like that you made a pop culture reference for See, once I, in your life you know i try to <laughs> you know bring it around bobby to, to so you can contribute. I am and, I am impressed. Actually. And you know you just shoot me down. Hawk Hawk Harrelson would not appreciate your pop uh, culture. Yeah, put it on the board. But uh, anyways, <laughs> the Wednesday game was nice. All the Sox runs coming via the long ball. They went back to back twice. Poppy and Shaw in the second, and JBJ and Hannigan in the fourth. That was awesome. And JBJ's three run bomb. The kid raking. But um, is, either, that is, came off, all those came off AL Cy Young winner last year, Corey Kluber. And that, that's what's great with this team coming around hitting. They're not hitting Schmoes. I mean, last week we talked about them putting a career bad game on, uh, you know, King Felix. They hit Kluber this week for all those bombs. And then uh, the other night they hit uh, Cueto. That's true. And, and, and they did hit Cueto, but they had some weird Royals defensive plays in that Cueto game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kluber is not Kluber. Kluber this year has been terrible. And Felix Hernandez has not been nearly as good relative to what Felix Hernandez has done. Mm-hmm. So not the, you know, rain on my parade. your Cheerios here. Jeez. But no, I mean, That's those exactly are three good pitchers. That's, I feel you. I, I would, I would debate with you about Jackie Bradley Jr. having a good week. Uh, but we can, we can leave that for another time, I suppose. Um, he did get a couple of key hits this week. One and he, today, and he had the three today. You know? Well, I mean, so, one key one. He had an RBI on what the triple? Yeah. So, uh, but overall in the week, no double. A pretty bad week. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, what you're gonna do is you're gonna give him 250 at bats next year, and if you can't do it, you're gonna. And if he loose. hits 270, you buy me lunch. I will buy you it's, lunch it's if he hits good. 270. It's all good. Yeah, I hear you, but I mean, I know he didn't have that good week, but. He has been hitting over 400 since his latest call-up, so, I mean, he'll get right back to it. And him and Shaw just raking. And Castillo's coming around now, too. Mm-hmm. He's got an eight-game eight, eight game hitting streak now. He had two more hits today. And that's good to see. And, and I'm glad they didn't do anything foolish like deal him at the deadline or something like that because, you know, he's a guy that, you know, defected from Cuba, you know, went to Haiti and then didn't play ball for, like, a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So now we're kind of seeing that kid hit his stride, and uh, I'm liking what I see. You know, how old is he now? Twenty seven. He's twenty seven. Okay, so it's not not too bad, not too bad at all. But you know, got to get pitching. Got to get pitching. But you know, definitely uh, impressed, or, or well, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but. Uh, optimistic, I guess, uh, with some of the performances this week. Eduardo, I know today he took the L, but, oh no, he didn't take the L, but he was up and down, still didn't walk anybody, but then he he pitched eight innings, career high, one earned run, another no walks earlier this week and Tuesday, right? Uh, in that Tribe series. Mm -hmm. But, so I think that, you know, steps are moving in the right direction. I like what I'm seeing out of preseason 2016 so far, you know? And we just gotta keep getting those, 
games to match up where we have actually good pitching performances and good hitting performances. Another thing I wanted to say about Dombrowski, which I'm a little sad about and a little fearful, is in all his time in Detroit, he's never really was able to assemble a bullpen. That's true. And That's that, a fair point. That makes me a little bit weary because <laughs> we know our bullpen is horrible right now. Well, but he also assembled some pieces that were good for either a significant chunk of time or with other clubs. Uh, Fernando Rodney has definitely had his moments really struggling now. I'm not saying you can get Fernando Rodney. My point is he assembled guys who had success. He was DFA'd, by the way. (laughs) He was. But he had some guys who for a time had success. Fernando Rodney had a successful time in Detroit for a while. Right. Joaquin Benoit was pretty good in Detroit and then got very good in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jabba Chamberlain had like a minute there where he was pretty damn good. So the bullpen to me is so many weird things happen year to year. We talked about this. Bullpens Mm -hmm. are so unpredictable year to year Mm -hmm. that if you can sort of get the right arms in the right place and then eh, let's hope for the best things. You know what I'm saying? Ball bounces a different way in this bullpen with the Red Sox. You don't have a closer break. It's forearm last week. You know, little things like that, which aren't little big things like that. Um, it looks a lot different. And if you get starters going six and seven every night, your bullpen's going to look pretty damn good when they're not working. Yeah. that That's why I'm, I was kind of glad they didn't deal Koji at the deadline, even though he was, was a chip. That's for you out there, Tice 4478, <laughs> who wanted Charrington to deal, uh, to deal, um, uh, Koji at the deadline. But I mean, where you think you can make a couple moves here and there, maybe you can go worse to first, you know? I mean, the, the, especially if these bats come around like they are and they hit for an entire season, like they were supposed to this season and like they are recently for the past, you know, four to six weeks, then, then maybe, uh, you know, hanging on to Koji proves to be a good, good, uh, good thing. But Tazawa is just making me cry right now. And I really wish they would just, Go full blown committee. I mean, Gene Machi comes in and pitches like three pitches. You know, let him come out for the ninth, and then you have Tazawa as a backup. This way, you your Tazawa or Tazawa's in, and then you know because he's the closer, and this is the way we have to do things. It, it's silly. And who was going to be the bold enough manager? And we talk about this mm-hmm. till we do all in the, the face, time. That if the high leverage situation comes in in the seventh and eighth, you know, use the guy in that. There's too much of this curtailing to. Guy's got to know his role. He likes to know when he gets up and starts warming up and all that. Who's going to be the manager that says, hey, listen, just be ready. You might be in the seventh. You might be in the eighth. And that's bold, but and the agents are going to hate it. But that seems to be the evolution where it, where it has to go. Well, the, the middle so, step in that evolution is guys are getting seventh and eighth inning guys who are effectively closers. You're effectively trying to stack up three closers on top of each other. Right. You know, look what the Nationals did with Papelbon and now Drew Storen in the eighth. Right. That's what you're trying to do. Um, the problem is the seventh and eighth inning guys that only last for a year or two, and then they come up to arbitration after a few years or whatever their clock has been, yeah. and they go get money somewhere else right. to close. Right. So there's 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 that. Uh, I like Alexi Ogando. He's had a decent year. He has. He gives up too many long balls. He though. does give up a lot of long balls, but he's no. been like the only guy now besides Tazawa who's been in the damn bullpen all year long. Yeah. And at this point, for a team like this, man, you might have to give him an award for that. He actually uh, surpassed, I believe, uh, Tazawa today in innings pitched out of the pen. He did. Yeah. yeah. He did. And I believe he leads. No, his second appearances, excuse me, only walked 19 in 54 innings. Has given up 12 homers, That's though. the thing. That's you know, the problem. It's easy to not walk people when you're just grooving it right down the That's middle. That's the Kurt Schilling. 
Yeah. You know, give up a lot of solo shots, don't walk anybody, but it's very different for a reliever. <laughs> You'd yeah. rather not give up the long ball. Yeah. You might be coming in with inherited runners on. Yeah. So, all right. Well, ahead this week, they're on the road now. Six-game trip. They'll go to White Sox to see a boy, Hawk Harrelson. Whew, and then God. they got I'm gonna, three I'm going to watch the White the Sox Mets. feed. I will watch that White Sox feed every day. Wow. You do I'm, that. I'm, I'm not even kidding. This is perfect. Monday night, too. This is, this is perfect. Yeah. Oof. So, I mean, three there, three three at the Mets. Mets have been pretty hot. Mets and, destroyed the Rockies all weekend. Yeah. So hopefully they got their runs out of their system. Well, know, here's the thing. The here's the thing. Time. The Mets are now slowing down those young starters. Matt Harvey, they didn't right. start today. They want to give him more time. It's going to happen with Syndergaard and DeGrom. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Sox miss one or two. That would be nice. You know. I say that the Rockies miss Harvey today. Logan Verrett threw a three hitter. So what the hell? You know what's the difference? Oh, the immortal Logan Verrett. <laughs> wow. But at least it wasn't Matt Harvey. Mm-hmm. And you might see Bartolo Colon. And any any opportunity to see Bartolo Colon is like seeing an endangered species in the wild. You're not sure how it's still there, or mm-hmm. if you're really seeing what you're seeing, but you just drink it in. You you know how fond I am of the the, the men that I, the. Ample of belly. You don't have to tell me. I, 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 Bartolo, keep doing it, buddy. I don't trust people who don't like Bartolo Colon. It's physically impossible not to like the guy right now. No, I don't he's trust 65. people that don't like food. Yeah. <laughs> he's mm. 65. He's throwing like a 25-year-old. His arm will never die. He's going to start 10 more seasons. Yeah. You know? He's going to he's going to throw opening day on Montreal's next team when they come as an expansion team four years from now. Yeah. Oh, uh, before we go, I also wanted to uh, <laughs> okay. get off that topic. But uh, uh, to give a shout-out to Red Sox fans, uh, Jimmy Funtelethon this week, they raised over $3 million, uh for the Dana Faber Research Center. And uh, that's a timely. great cause. And just well done. It isn't, isn't that odd. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Funny the way that things work. Uh, I think that's going to do it, Bobby. You got anything, any potting words? I'm just looking through the stats right now. Sox are eight and six interleague, so maybe that's a good. Hey man, good they, sign. For the, the winners Mets. are six out of the last nine, so I, we're hot right now. <laughs> we are hot. Hey, let's keep it going on the road. Let's have a three and three uh, week, and uh, so we can be talking about uh, you know another good week next week. But uh, where can people find you on the Twitter, Bobby? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Bobby. Muro. Mm-hmm. Mike will be here with us exactly one hour from now doing Dodgers Rap 360. Is that true? You're going to tease it? I mean, uh, absolutely. Gonna be, uh... You're going to be here in an hour. All right. Yeah. Okay. Talking about a winning team that went 0 and 5 this week, but Oof. whatever. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, you can catch us here every Sunday at 7:05 Eastern Time on Red Sox Rap 360. Free Tom Brady. Go Sox. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.